Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I am stoked today to have my first uh, repeat guest, Corey Gregory, or uh, online commonly known as Corey G. Uh, he is the founder of CoreyGFitness.com, which is a popular powerlifting, bodybuilding um, kind of conglomerate type of training methodology. Uh, you know, that he practices and preaches. Um, as well as the founder of Max Effort Muscle, which is a uh, a supplement company that is designed to um, you know help all forms of athletes. Um, it's a it's a great supplement company and one that he built off the back of his previous uh, publicly traded supplement company called Muscle Farm. And if you guys remember on the first episode, if you listened to that with him, we talked a lot more about Muscle Farm. And this one, we got into much more of his newer business, his current businesses. Um, it was a great episode. I was pumped to have Corey back on the podcast. And uh, we dove into a tons of great topics. So hope you guys enjoy that. Just real quick too, as always, there's a few links in the show notes that I always recommend checking out. Robinhood, if you want to get in, if you want to get started with your investing journey, Use the link in the show notes to uh, sign up for a free account and get a free stock when you sign up. If you want to know about stocks that I'm invested in, check out the COVID stock market rebound tracker to give you a head start. As always, I talk about Whoop, which is my fitness tracker um, that I've been obsessed with for, for over a year now. Um, it's a great way to track your sleep and rest and recovery during the holidays this year. Um, and then obviously for Corey, I've linked um, CoreyGFitness.com and MaxEverMuscle.com, the two companies that we talk about today. So check those out. And as always, um, thank you all for listening to the show, for continuing to show support. If you love the show, I would pr love it and appreciate all of you uh, for sharing this episode, uh, telling your friends about it, and helping the podcast grow. So thank you everybody for listening. Corey G up right after this. Corey, thank you for coming on another episode of Simply Finance. Appreciate it. This is round two. You're my first repeat guest I've had. So thanks for coming on today. Hey, I like doing the, you know, being the first on some things. So I'll, I'll jive with that. But I'm excited <laughs> to kind of, you know, recap what we talked about the first time, kind of update you. And we got a lot of new stuff firing off out here, Absolutely. out here in Ohio. So, you know, I'm excited to get into it. For sure, man. Yeah, I think uh, I think our first episode, I was looking back this morning. I think it was, yeah, it was like the beginning of May. So it was like just getting into the craziness of COVID, I felt like. Um, sure. Stock market was just bouncing back. For anyone who didn't listen to the first episode, uh, you'll have to go back and check that one out. It's a little rough on my end, but episode 41 uh, with Corey G. So yeah, thanks for coming back. Um, I guess we could kick it off. Love to know from just like, even just an investing perspective, you know, this year's sure. been nuts all over the place. Um, mm -hmm. But as we talked in the first episode, you definitely have, uh, you know, your own strategies. And we talked a lot about dividends last time, if you remember. Love dividends. Yeah. And so I would love to know just in general how the year's gone, um, you know, any major winners, major losers, just love like the macro high level of how investing's gone. Yeah, sure. yeah. So I had, um, this is probably my best understanding of investing year of my life, I would say. So oh, cool. my my moves, my strategy, and even when, you know, the um, Dow was like, what, 18,000? Yeah. Now it's now as we speak, it's over 30,000, which right. is wild. 
Um, and when we were talking, I think it was just in the early twenties again, and it was kind yeah. of raising back up and I stayed disciplined in my strategy that entire time. And, you know, partial growth stocks, partial uh, dividend stocks. And as the growth stocks would get to a certain percentage, I would then take that money and flip it in the dividends. And I executed that, you know, I mean, I bought Penn at 1750. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I bought Snap at nine. I bought, um, I had a bunch of like, uh, I, I was in Tesla before to split, bought it 1475, wrote it up to 2400. Um, it, you know, it split out to four and a quarter, then went up past what 500. I ended up selling a, like around 460 something. So now I look at it 600. I know, but at the end of the day, day, it's so volatile that I was in it for a short period and did well. Right. And so every time I made those, whether I held them for weeks or months or what it may be, I would then go and buy more OKE when it was down, MO when it was down, um, T when it was down. Um, some of the old school NTR is another big winner for me. Um, Park National Bank, I bought it 69. It's 105 now, pays a $4.18 uh, dividend. So I built, I believe, through just staying with my strategy um, of taking profits, flipping it into long-term investments, a really, really solid, solid dividend portfolio over the last five years. And because I was locking in amazing rates of dividend, you know, Oh yeah. I mean, the rates were insane. And as those stocks obviously go back up, that dividend's more secure. And so I'm looking at some of these rates I locked in bro on my money and I'm thinking, damn, like that was, you know, and I, I didn't know how long it was going to stay down for, and I didn't get scared. I just continued to execute and I put money in when it was high. I put money in was low, but I'm putting money in, in the same strategy each time. And so, yeah, it le legitimately it's at a point now where um, I could flip the dividends, the cash and live on them. I mean, that's awesome. That's the, that, and so that understanding that, um, you know, if I have retired, meaning I still do some internet stuff here and there, I could, I could flip the dividends and easily pay my lifestyle. And so that knowing that from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it's kind of a different vibe because I've never had the quote unquote salary, right? Yeah, right. I've always sure. been building businesses. And even if I had a salary, it's one I created for myself. Yeah, so right. understanding that there's this third party type of thing that I, I, I created looking at creating myself a salary for when I'm old, that is there anytime I want to flip it on. Um, it, it feels really good. And it's probably the first time. And even though the you know stock's volatile, I never really got super tripped out over that. Well, what we just watched happen, right. um, it feels different um, for me because I never really had something that wasn't fitness related. That is a borderline six figure salary. And that, um, you know, could really change up some stuff if I wanted to take it instead of drip it in, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's no, it's wild. It's funny too. You were like probably one of the first per people I've talked to, on the podcast specifically, but even, you know, just outside of the podcast um, that I felt like was so honed in on dividends. And so I've done a lot of more, I've done so much research since then to wrap my head around it more. And it's funny how many people still, I mean, not still, it's only been a few, six, seven months since we talked last, but yeah. just are so like, ah, dividends are for when I get older. And I'm always like, no, no, no. It's just like anything else. You got to start now. Got to start get now. Older, Lock it in. Yeah. When you get older, then it'll start paying you back. You can't, it's just like, you can't start a 401k when you're 60. That doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? Same kind of I thing. I think I don't the know. problem is depending on the amount, I think because of the part of the career I'm in now, I can put 
enough money in at one time to really see what they mean. Yeah. So if I go in, okay. you know, look, MO, which is um, Ulterior Group, which has been paying a dividend since like the 30s. I go in and buy, you know, when it was 32, 32, 35 bucks, I put 35,000 in, I'm gonna make three grand a year. Yeah, that's yeah. a little different ball game than when somebody buys 10 shares and goes, man, I'm making, you know, 75 or $40 a year. So I think it even made more sense. And I understood it even more because the chunks of money I was throwing in at each time, right. I'm coming back out of there being like, yo, my income's 300 more a month. Yeah. Boom. My income's 500 a month more. Boom. I, you know, and I, and I invested heavy in Pfizer too. So I'm, I'm waiting because oh, nice. that was one of my dividend plays because they've been paying it forever and their yields a little bit lower than some of the other ones I was in just even with the pandemic time, because their, their high was 41 bucks previously. They didn't really fall that much. And now they're at an all time high because they're about to get approved. Obviously, as we yeah. talk, I'm hoping over know, the next couple coming. days, You're right? Oh my gosh. And so that they were one of my plays to create, you know, a few thousand dollars um, a year in income. So I've honed in on it. I've executed it. Look, some of the stocks I got out of continued to go growth wise, but you can't time everything. You can't have it perfect. But I know I was using house money and flipping it into things that I'm going to live on till I'm old. Okay. And so that was, that was my main plan with kind of catching this growth on some of the tech stocks and some of the other things. Oh, like rental property income? Well, just meaning like I looked at Penn, for instance, and it, I got out at like 50. Now it's 75. Okay. But still, I'm, I rode 1,000 shares from 1750 to $50. Right. And then that house money plus the principal, I put in AT&T. And now I'm getting paid oh, on that. For, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So I'm, yeah. Using, yeah. I'm using the profits to flip into long-term investments that I know I can you know, make income from. So it's a little bit of an old man play. But fuck it, like, bro, it's serious. It if you, works. If you understand it, it, it absolutely works. And now I have an app called div tracker which is oh, awesome you this to me yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's five bucks a month but i'm telling you like i get up every day and look at it just like any other business what am i getting paid this week what is being reinvested you know what um what's coming this month what's my you know if i'm looking at okay i'm gonna make five thousand in dividends this month or seven thousand where is it coming from okay when i'm gonna invest money where do i want to up my positions on because the yields are this and i just look at it like a different strategy than i ever have Got it. Oh, no, that's badass. That's badass. It's funny. You said something at the beginning of all this uh, that I wanted to go back to too is, you know, you said you just, you've been consistent on putting money in. Yes. And it's something I've talked about a lot on here. Um, and I've had a lot of people reach out that it's been successful for them. And I, I always say, you know, I think sometimes people get really uh, stuck on, to your point, the amount, like for sure. they need this like crazy amount of money to be able to be, do investing. And I'm always like, especially if you're using like a Robin hood or something yep. where there's no commissions, there's no fees. I mean, you could put five bucks in a week. I'm not saying that's going to like make you crazy rich quick, but if you're putting something in consistently, but you're in the game though, you're in the game, you're building it up at the end of the year. You're, you'll look back and be like, well, that's a, there's a lot more in there than I, I would have thought. You know what I mean? So it's like, I started doing 200 bucks a month. I mean, yeah. I just made it a payment, just like a car payment. I was like, you know what? Same. Um, and, I, and I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing, but at least I was starting to build a Roth or a traditional, I can't even remember what I was doing back then. Yeah. But the reality is I was doing something and my family didn't do anything. Yeah. So it was like, that was already a change now, <laughs> which is wild. My 15 year old has three screens. He's got a scanner that's scanning the market. 
for what the, you know, what stocks are popping and where the floats are. He's got another scanner that's like, he's got all the breaking points on the candles and all this stuff. And then he's watching the level two and it's like at a whole nother level, bro, at my crib right now. Oh, that's so he's one of those kids that like can do the Rubik's Rubik's cube real quick and his brain kind of works that way. And so we started talking more about investing. I started giving my kids stock for Christmas as a present. And I, and then all these, all these talks are just more often in my household. So we started talking about day trading things. And then he just went on a deep dive, obsessive, this, which is he gets from me for sure. Not the financial part, but the obsessive quality. Yeah. And now he's teaching me stuff. And I, I just told him the other day, I'm like, we call him AG. His name's Alex. I'm like, AG, like, you're going to be fucking rich. Like, straight up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what you just 15 ju- doing that. What you understand already is already past what dad understands. Like, from that type of investing, like, I'm, I'm better at this longer term dividend type of stuff and picking certain I've, I've done well this last year, but he understands like, Hey, you know, I just wrote it from this to this and made $30 here and 50 there. And he's legitimately day trading where I've watched him take $150 that he made working at my warehouse and he's turned it into almost 500 bucks in the last like three weeks. Wow. Yeah. Good it's for pretty, him. It's pretty impressive to watch. And part of, the financial IQ change that I was really on pursuit to happen. I had this happen in 48 hours. My mom texts me. She bought a Tesla at 358 and 450. She's up 17 grand. Damn. My son is day trading and, and, you know, basically can only do so many trades because of the rules, obviously. And then my other son who's nine um, gave me 40 bucks um, asking me what stock he should buy. And I was like, yo, let's get a share of Pfizer. And then, you know, I just transferred one share of my Pfizer into his account and took his $40 from him. Yeah. Doing some stuff around the house. So nine, 60, 15. And then me and you are talking about th- like, it's such a different landscape than it was growing up that it's not even like in the fucking ballpark, which was my whole goal. Yeah. No, that's so badass. It, it is cool when you get like a group of people and obviously it's your family, the closest yeah. knit group that like is all thinking about building They're all wealth. thinking about it. It's just like, that's what I think is key is people who start to get into it. And if you actually get a group of people around you, I feel like it always helps really just like get you passionate about it. And everyone's talking about it. Like I, it seems like I've worked at three different, companies and I've started my own some of my own stuff but the three like places I've always I've worked I always end up getting a group of guys who is always talking about what they're yeah. investing in and I always just feel like it just keeps you like you just always are engaged you're hearing different perspectives and then it makes you go look at different things and there's something yeah. powerful about that it's like all positive momentum when the positive talk is about creating wealth and you know just being financially more disciplined, have your IQ increase. Like, I don't know how you really lose. A lot of people are scared to talk about money because they don't know anything about money. And I was kind of similar. Like, you know, when you don't really know about the subject, well, motherfucker, talk to somebody that does and just listen, don't talk. Just see what, just see what they, what they do, you know, and mimic some of the things in everyone's risk tolerance is different. So you get a guy like myself, who's a little bit, it seems like more like a longer term kind of old school play, but that works for me because my whole life has been high risk. So yeah, now when I okay. finally make the fucking money, I don't really want to worry about Tesla going up and down, you know, 25%. Right. Um, I, I wrote it for a little bit, but I'd rather know that I'm making 300 bucks this month on the money I flipped to it. And so even though I'll look at it and be like, oh, you know, but at the end of the day, you're never really, you either held it too long or not long enough. It's just part of the game. Uh, it's part of the game. There's yeah. Never, yeah. You know what I mean? It never like stops. So it's, it's no. always going to go up or yeah. down. I know it's funny this year has been for me, it's been funny. I just tried to be 
I think we talked about it a little bit. I sold, I felt like what I kind of screwed myself. I sold too much when the COVID stuff started. It was like probably the best learning lesson I've ever had in investing of just like how to fuck it up. Like just sold way too much to have a better cash position. How you learn. And then the rest of this year, I've just been buying and holding. Like I just keep putting money in, buying, and I'm sitting just building my portfolio and just letting it get back to a really healthy spot. Um, And it's been, to me, the the other weird thing is since we talked, even I've been putting more into dividend stocks. Yeah, dude. Starting to see all that start to come in. Mm -hmm. And then I always tell people too, I mean, this is just my two cents. I've tried day trading, but you have to be, I mean, it sounds like your son is like focused on it. You have to like, you have to be able to like invest the focus. You can't like oh, work. It's like a different like, job, bro. Yeah. You can't like kind of go do other stuff and come back. Like you got to be lasered in. And so yes. for me, I've been telling people this year, my strategy has been just like consistently put more and more money in and sit on it and hold it. And it's yes. funny because like you, I realize I'm like less stressed about it. My portfolio is oh. growing. I'm getting yeah. dividends coming in. I'm just like, yes, just keep it flowing. The craziest thing is I remember, um, uh, one of the days I was super fucking busy. You know, the PGA stuff's happening. I got some changes going on in business. Yeah, congrats on every, that. Every, yeah, everything's going on. And it's like, and then like, it was like seven o'clock at night and I opened up the dividend app and I'm like, well, fuck it. I made two grand in dividends today. Damn. And I never even like thought about that. And it reinvested into, you know, AT&T at 28 bucks and something else that, you know, like the combination that yeah. came in that day was like 2000 bucks. I'm like, holy shit like how do you not get wealthy this way yeah i didn't yeah, even pay right. any attention to it you're off doing on complete stuff fucking autopilot and so that's where the power of the compound effect and compounding interest and just the drip thing and just being consistent and it all just makes sense because it's just like building a body to me yeah oh 100 yeah the the dividend reinvestment drip stuff i mean that's that's what i do too obviously and and it is wild like every time you get a notification on my on my app i'm just like badass i got paid and it got reinvested i didn't do anything and i just got more and i'm just gonna keep going and keep going and and keep going and as i built those numbers higher and higher i start to realize like i'm automatically reinvesting more than i used to make a whole entire year as a personal trainer early in my career and i and i'm and it's on autopilot and when you start to realize that compounding it's some real ass fucking cash can be, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, can yeah. make. And- yeah. What does that feel like? Cause I mean, I'm sure you, I mean, thinking back to when you just got started, cause I think a lot of people wow. that listen to my podcast are younger and probably like in their early twenties. So they're probably more yeah. in that stage of like, just trying to figure shit out. Yeah. 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 And so what does that, what does that feel like to you? And like, do you have any advice for people like that? And is it, mm-hmm. as we hit on, is it just like putting whatever you can in consistently? Yeah. And I wish I would have, yeah, I wish I would at least done even a hundred or 200 then I could have, you know what I mean? I was reinvesting it into my business to grow it. Mm. That's why all the young dudes that are around me, um, we talk, I'm always talking about this stuff, right? Even in between sets at the gym, if we're going to talk, I'll be like, yo, did you check out snaps oh, fucking yeah. $53, you know? And so almost all those guys have way more money in the market than I ever did, even up to probably my early thirties. Oh, and wow. they're like in their twenties. Yeah. I didn't get super serious till the last like five years because honestly, I never thought this was going to be the way that I built it. I thought I was going to sell something for some crazy money and figure it out then, which is also fucking not very smart. Yeah. So, when I, you know, hard to do. I mean, well, it's, it's really hard to do. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you know me, I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm just going to build some cell for fucking 50 million. And then, then I'll figure it out. It'll, yeah. Not the way to do it. And so over, since I left MP, the, that's where that discipline, I had good bottom line businesses. And, and I really just hunkered down and said, now I'm going to build a serious portfolio the way I never thought I was going to. 
Right. But that's just what it is. And will that other thing still probably happen? Probably. But it's probably because I'm not betting on it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, which is usually how it works. Yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. So when you're chasing it, it fucking runs from you, by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. That's so funny. That's so true. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's actually a good leeway too. So I wanted, I mean, we could talk dividends investing all day. It sounds like sure. it's been a, been a good year for you, uh, which is exciting. I think, uh, you know, hopefully most people who've consistently put money in are having a good year. It seems like yeah. the market is on fire right now. So that's awesome. I would love to learn, um, you know, kind of switching gears a little bit to just business. So sure. for anyone listening, I'm not sure if who, who knows, who doesn't know, but Corey also owns plenty of his own businesses on top of investing. Um, yeah. Would love to know, I'm, I don't know how much I told you this last time. My background is mainly in e-commerce. So yeah. I've done, I worked at walmart.com and helped them build like their fulfillment network from okay. like the finance side. That's and sick. then uh, it was pretty cool actually. Yeah. It was a cool experience. Um, and then I've been at a company called RX bar and you know, oh, yeah. yeah. They sold. So yeah, they sold. Big so, money. Yeah. Yep. So I've been helped. We I've helped build their e-commerce presence um, okay. over the last three years. And so would love to learn about max effort. I think, I think mm-hmm. you're, you're, most recent uh company really interesting we'd love to just hear the backstory of how you decided yeah. obviously i think last time we talked a little bit about mp mm-hmm. but how you decided to then start another brand in max effort and just like the strategy behind it would love to like start a high level like what the, yeah the yeah was so there. my overall strategy was this i was a retail player before with muscle farm and i was giving away content for free on the biggest platforms that had literally hundreds of millions of views with bodybuilding.com. Yeah. And so yeah, that's right. See, I think I found you. For, yeah. Me and that's my buddy, almost my, every, my yeah, roommate, Andrew, we used to do your workouts all get the swole time. Workout, yep. oh, so, yeah. oh, yeah. So those is how, that's how most people know about me. The get swole workout, the blueprint, the busy diet, all these things. I, all the content I did, um, hoping that people would support the supplement brand. Right. And then as I transitioned out of that business, I thought to myself, okay, there's a few things I really enjoy about this business. It's, you know, contact person to person, helping people. I've got this big platform and I can scale it and really help people get true good results, whether it's through supplements, training, whatever. How do I now do something maybe more impactful to the person, you know, easier to manage per se in a different way than before? I don't want to do the same thing again. So I wanted to do a subscription-based model for my workouts and diets and then interact with the community, which is Corgi Fitness app and CorgiFitness.com. I launched that in 2015. Early in 2016, after my non-compete was up, we launched Max Effort Muscle, which is a direct-to-customer supplement brand. We sell nowhere else but our website. And I wanted to cultivate the uh, people that really was the teamers from the MP days that really yeah. fucked with my, with me all the way, right? I wanted to really invest as much time um, in quality products and quality material and, and, and impact those people as much as I could. And then, and, and that's what we did. So for the last five years, roughly, that's what I've been doing. And it's been, besides that in podcasting, it's been amazing. And I just recently bought out Fosco. Um, oh, did you percentage. really? Oh, yeah. So, that. so that's the major change that went out. I had a previous co-founder that that worked with me for four years, and there was some just we just wanted to go different directions on the brand, and so it just made sense for my ecosystem of how I operate for me to be the majority shareholder in the business. And I wasn't at that time. We owned um, equal parts. Oh, got it. And so a lot of people didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. But John's business acumen is super strong. Obviously you've had him on the podcast and so it's just the evolution of both of us really. 
Right. I didn't so realize that, it been five years either. That's a long so, time. Well, almost. It was early 16. Okay. So okay. we started like April of 16. And I think we launched maybe in September of 16 because that's when my non-compete was up. And so now it's like the integration of Corey G Fitness, which has also been super successful. Um, and we have we have members in 100 countries. It's that's worldwide. Crazy. It's Yeah, because of the amount of people that did those workouts in India and Ireland and all over the world. So now that integration with the squad I had at Corey G and some of those guys had worked at max, but now those businesses, they're not fully connected like with all the shareholders and stuff, but now they work off each other better. The synergy's better. The team is just super strong. And now it's like really, I'm able to put my personality on it, even another level, which every time I've done that it's worked. Okay. And so I just come back to what continues to work for me. It might not work for everybody, but I try to go back to what's the most organic, what I feel moves the needle, what is fun. And um, yeah, so I just get a chance to do things a little different. And so I'm, I'm the first month into that and it just, it's been fucking amazing. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, man. No, that's Appreciate exciting. That. I started to notice the, the Corey G max effort. Like I did start, start to notice some of the crossover stuff because I, I actually do, I have the app and I am, I'm one yeah. of the, the monthly members. So the, I started to see some of the, the crisscross. So that's badass. Did you- yeah. When you decided to start Max Effort, um, did you like? Did you just know you wanted to start another supplement brand because you had done yeah. that successfully before? Was there like things you wanted to like oh. in the actual products change? I'm so curious on like yes. on the, the beginning part of like yeah, how that all worked. Thousand percent. Because once again, even my other business partner um, prior understood supplements and marketing to an extreme degree, but I think I understand products and application to a whole nother degree than anyone I've worked with. Okay. And so there's a amount, a heavy amount of things I wanted to change from a standpoint of product quality, mixability, um, flavors, the way that we market the system with the stack model. There was like a bunch of stuff that I came into this business and then John offered, you know, a ton of value too at that point from marketing and stuff. And so there was just a lot of things that I learned through the retail business. I would never fuck with again. Mm -hmm. and, and here's the other thing too, straight. We're talking finance. Like I grew a retail giant, honestly, at that yeah. time, it was the Nike of supplements. Right. It had a shitty bottom line, had an amazing top line. And we were trying to be a billion dollars. I mean, when you're trying to do that, you fucking, you got to go all balls to the wall, every right? Door, you're just doing everything, you bro. 60,000 do doors, everything. So had an amazing um, top line, but shitty bottom line. Then in this business, way smaller top line, but great bottom line, which allowed me to invest in the market and do these things. And so now it's like I could stand in front of anybody. I don't give a fuck if it's Harvard, business, whatever, and say, yo, I built a company through my ideas, mm -hmm. through the team that did $170 million at its top. But I was fucking miserable and it sucked. Yeah, and the fucking yeah. bottom line was shitty. Yeah. And then I've got this business over here that does X amount of million that has created an entirely better lifestyle for me. I get it more intimate time with the customer. I can make a bigger difference on them. And yes, I'm going to continue to grow it, but it doesn't need to be forced growth. It can be organic. It can be quality. It can be customers that come back every month. And so I really have got a chance to do it both ways. Um, and once again, one of the things I pride myself on is being on all sides of the industry. And now I can talk really about both of those type of ways also. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's badass. Um, that was one, one of the questions I had was, um, 
you know, like I said, I, I come from the e-commerce world and especially like at RX, um, you know, they're a good example of, um, D to C like really yeah. growing their D to C business first. Huge. And then they grew, it kind of did it backwards. So they did like e-com and then really exploded in door in stores. Sure. But now their e-com business, you know, it's not quite as big because now they're there's everywhere. distribution everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a question. It was just like, is that going to be the long-term strategy for you guys? Like, have so, you ever thought about doing like FBA, Amazon or anything? So else? now what I'm working on is international partner because right now we're only Love domestic. Okay. So I'll, I have some, you know, relationships from the past that I can reach out and say, look, I want to sell to these other 15 countries to help service the clients I have on the site and some of the other new owners that we have that have big followings. And it's like, I need a platform. That's one spot I can send them to that. They can buy it in the UK, buy it in Ireland, buy it. Yeah. Actually it's the same, right? Buy it also in, um, you know, India or wherever. Yeah. And so I'm working on that right now. And then I think I'm going to work on not think I'm starting to work on some mom and pop stuff. And when I say that there's no disrespect, it's just like single operators that were like myself that need an opportunity that are really high quality, that'll keep the integrity of the brand. So, you know, select CrossFit gyms, you know, high end like athlete personal training studios or small gyms. And so I'm working on some things like that, that could also grow the business. Um, you know, it could double the business easily just with an international piece and with um, some in store slash in gym pieces. So yeah, I'm working on some of that, but the e-commerce is going to be our main bread and butter. That's where yeah. we're having the most fun, but there's some definite um, strategies that I'm already executing that are going to lead to, I think, quality growth um, for the brand. Yeah. Love that. I mean, it's funny. We, I was a part of uh, the team that got RX international. Okay. And um, that is, I think for you, I'm sure, I mean, that, that it's wild obviously we all know that like there's so many people outside the u.s so very people. obvious but it's amazing when you start selling and opening it up it's like oh there's a shit ton of people there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot that have done my workouts internationally and i always tell people it's like it's sneaky amount like to yeah. be honest with you and so i know the power of it because i saw what used to come through my email at muscle farm oh, I, I saw bet. the numbers i did in australia i mean we used to do a five grand five grand five mil in australia and you know 5 million India and 3 million at this country. And some of the countries are super small. We still did quarter mil plus. So I know when I open that up, I feel like there's some definite opportunities there. Right. Just got to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about that. I don't know how it can't help. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And for sure. Was there anything when you started Max Effort? Like, I'm always curious, I guess, personally, I've been in, I got into the supplement business, like freshman year of college, one of my roommates yeah, G gave me like my first pre-workout. I'm like, what the hell is this? And that was like when I started like really lifting weights and stuff. And uh, I'm I'm always curious like how and we don't have to get too into the weeds, but just mm -hmm. so curious on like how you go about like even creating supplements or starting and deciding what you wanted mm -hmm. to sell and where do you go find a co-man and some of that stuff. And like, I'm sure there's mm -hmm. some trade secrets you don't need to share, but just like in general, like well, I think there's a couple things that make me really unique in this kind of process. One is the application with no drugs my entire life, I've right. had to be really good at supplementation. I've taken as a customer prior to muscle form every fucking pre-workout to try to see what I liked. Yeah. I couldn't break it down scientifically to you, but I could tell you what I feel, right? Okay. I could tell you the results that I have. I could understand if it was sustained energy or if it was quick energy. I could a real pump over some fake shit and like – this much creatine over that much. Like I had like a, 
I have like an intuitive, like kind of application level that's very, I think, extreme than most. So that's where like a lot of my knowledge, then I, at 21 years old, I started going to Dr. Eric Serrano, like to just him, for him to be my friend basically, because I knew he was a formulator in the industry and he happened Ah. to live in my town. And so he's a general practitioner MD who happens to be really good at this. And so um, I was literally taking a product that had his name on the front of it had zero clue where he was located. I'm like 21 years old. I Google searched at that time or 22. I think the internet was just starting basically. Okay. Yeah. Or roughly was, you know, around for a couple of years. Um, and I found out the dude's like 20 minutes from me. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, this is dude's gotta be my best friend. Like I started reading about him and I was like, he's so fucking smart. He helps um, a lot of drug free guys. And so I just started showing up at his office with no appointment. Oh, just no we, and, and finally, like the third time he would talk to me and he was like, what do you want? I was like, bro, I just think we should be friends. Like, I want to <laughs> learn. I need this. And he just fucking laughed at me and was like, okay. Like, and literally I call him my Puerto Rican dad. He's been my that friend ever hilarious. since then. So for 20 years, um, and he was, and he learned under Mario Di Pasquale who wrote the anabolic diet. Okay. Mar- yeah. And Mario, Dr. Pasquale is like in his seventies. Now he was really revolutionary on the high fat dieting trigger an insulin naturally to keep like a a hormone response like you're on drugs but you're not on drugs and so like i was doing high level amino acid protocols fat loading all these wild things these crazy creatine loads where i was taking like 37 grams of creatine a day on body weight and like so i did all of this wild shit when i was a kid under the tutelage of these guys and so what a lot of people don't know that i was like in the weeds early because they knew I was actually eating and training like I was saying. So I was like one of the best fucking, you know, guinea pigs they could ever ask for. And so I got some freaky results. I learned a ton. And then when I went into MP, you know, eight years later, Serrano was the main formulator. And then we had a team of people at the manufacturer. And then there was a baseline of understanding at a super high level, even though I didn't go to school for this. Um, of formulation of product creation and then ongoing um, I have um, people at the manufacturer I work with but my understanding of it's like you know probably at a level that um, anybody that it's probably more than what people come out of school with I'm sure yeah you know oh, I'm mean? sure yeah 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 so so that's kind of really how that all happened got it okay I mean that's that's just cool to hear because that's I think that's something that a lot of people can resonate with is just, you just, I mean, you just got obsessed with it. Yes. You hustled, you try to talk to people and you just figured it out and became a, like a student of the game. I figured it out and wanted to be the next Bill Phillips. That's yeah. what I thought in my head. I grew up watching EAS and Bill Phillips. And I was like, how do I get a chance to try to be like this dude? That's really what I was trying to do. And then I worked with Bill Phillips at the end of my career at MP. And it was amazing. Cause I was like, bro, you just, changed the game for me. Um, you know, the way that you did things with the, the way he looked and the way he helped people. And so a lot of my kind of understanding of the business came from watching him. Got it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And then I'm assuming just like any other industry is the supplement industry pretty small. If you're involved, like, I mean, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure from MP then going to max effort, there's just yeah. been some synergies of, you know, people who are good people who you stayed connected. Yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the people have the same jobs and, you know, but the thing is, I'm not really, I don't really need them because I'm not a retailer yeah, or a wholesaler. So it's one of those things. Have you kind of thrown a a curveball into the industry as far as that goes? Because I don't know any other supplement brands that are just D to C. So 
Yeah, no, there's not very many that, yeah. that actually do well that sure. I'm aware of. Um, so I would say I'm probably the one that had like the biggest retail presence that's ever then came and only done it this way that I'm aware of. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I think early on, a lot of the people I worked with said, Hey, you know, we'll pick it up or we'll do this. And I just told them all no. And I just passed up the POs and I had my own kind of focus on how I wanted to do it. And I really wanted to just do it differently, you know what I yeah. mean? And, and see if we can manage it differently. And, you know, John had a lot of e-commerce experience too. So that helped and some great marketing experience. And, you know, it just made sense for us at the time and still makes sense for us ongoing. And at the end of the day, Bill Phillips um, came to my office that I'm sitting in right now and almost in the same spot I'm sitting in That's told funny. me like, I, he's like, I understand that you understand the content at this level in the new age. He's like, I see the way that people operate um, with your content, very similar to mine. This was a huge compliment, obviously, to one of my idols. Yeah. And he said, in our warehouse is of almost 9,000 square feet. It's like 80. Oh, wow. Really? Or it's pretty big. Yeah. And so he's like, and it's in the middle of nowhere. So it's kind of cheap. Yeah. He's like, you could do X amount of a million out of this place if you really wanted to. And he looked me dead in the eye and told me a number. And ever since then, that's the number that I'm shooting for. Oh, sweet. That's a cool. So, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So Very his, cool. his, his understanding of content, um, my type of, I guess, influence and what I, what I'm capable of. He just threw it at me like, yo, direct, just you running this. And he told me this when I was at MP. So I yeah. knew that even though we went through that phase where obviously I was working with John and now I'm not this whole time that's been in the back of my head as me being out front, um, myself being the main majority holder and then that I could get to this number that Bill Phillips set for me, even though he, it was just general conversation, but that's sure. the one I've, that's the one that's I've locked on to. Does he know you're holding on to that? that that's like, I think, focus? yeah, I think, um, I haven't talked to him in a while, but, um, I definitely think he did it. Like I, I think he did it for a purpose yeah. because he's a very smart guy. And I do this to people also that I'm mentoring or trying to help. I'll, I'll throw things out that I think is possible. And so when I reach that number, then I'll go out of my way to try to get a hold of him. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's badass. <clears throat> for sure. Um, now, one of the things I, I've been interested in is, you know, you know, obviously I've followed your workouts for a while and we've talked, but I, you know, you have a Corey G fitness, you have max effort has, the Corey G fitness has been going on a little bit longer than max effort, but yeah. have they surprised you as far as like, it seems like I'm assuming like there's synergies and they're helping each other kind of grow, which yeah. is, I mean, it's ingenious. I think it's always cool when I see people who can like kind of have multiple things kind of tie together. Thank you. Um, have they both, have they both kind of surprised you as far as growth? I know you don't share publicly like the sizes of each, but yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I think, I'm, I think it's in the other reason why I'm like that Shane, is because with MP, because we were public, we were always oh, sharing that. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm just happy to not have to tell, talk numbers. How, what because is that like? Because I've always, just feel, I've always, I just felt weird when people could look up my salary. I don't yeah. You know what oh, I mean? I like, know. I totally get it. <laughs> like I mean, I, I, I've worked for public companies my whole career. It's, you know, six, seven years of working. And, and it's like every quarter you share it out. And then you're, why'd you miss the number? Yeah. Why'd you beat the number? I yeah. I don't mind the pressure of that. Like as a private business, you know, when I'm talking to my shareholders or the guys that have percentages now, but the reality is like to, so anyone that I just meet on the street can go and look it up. Right. Super strange for me. I would. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't like that. And I'm not really, I'm flashy in my mind and I might be um, confident feeling, or maybe some people maybe think arrogant at, at some points, but the reality is like, I'm not really a person that wants to talk about money to people to make them feel bad or to make them uncomfortable. The money talks I have with the guys around me is to hopefully inspire them 
to, you know, want these things or want right. that to build wealth. It's all in a good place. I'm not the, I've never posted my car on Instagram. I'm not oh, okay. that guy. Yeah. That's ever. true. That's You'll true. never, never see that it. for me. Yeah. 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 That's not, I got nice cars. No one really knows unless they happen to just randomly catch it in some, that's not what I do. I'm, I am a watch guy. And because I give away a watch every year for one of my contests, people will see my watch, but I'm wearing it with a hoodie. Like, it's just like, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not hanging it on my fucking dash or whatever. So there's just, um, so that was always weird for me. So being public, like the, or being private now, I've really taken, um, a pride in just fucking, you know, building these things. They're, they're probably bigger than most people believe or understand or think, and that's okay. But it's like one of those things where they've both, the, the website surprised me early because I had no clue if it was going to work. I knew I could sell supplements when that time sure. came. Yeah. So I didn't understand is in, and I was early to this because the shift happened in the entire industry this way. But I was one of the first people that had, I think this successful of a subscription based business because I had so many people that had followed my workouts for free for years. And so it surprised me and was life changing early. Okay. So you got to remember I'm coming from muscle farm where I, um, just said, I'm done one day. I know, no one, you know, I think right. the new chairman in that eventually would have pushed me out. But the reality is I called them and said, you know what? I'm good. Give me the severance package and I'll sign the non-compete and I'm just ready to do something else. This isn't what I started. I'm fucking tired of it. I don't believe in any of you guys. I'm out. Yeah. And so, you know, then I wrote in this um, contract, I could do the Reebok deal. I signed a deal with Reebok and I could do Corey G fitness. And so the first month, Corey G Fitness showed me that, okay, this is something people really want and I can build upon this and this could be life-changing reality for me. And so it was. So the compliment of Max Effort's been great, but the reality is my membership worldwide has changed um, a lot about how I operate um, and just the opportunities that it afforded me through, I mean, I gave away free stuff for like a decade. Yeah. So right. when I, when I actually needed support, literally, um, the same people supported me because I supported them and, and I appreciate it every day. It changed, yeah, yeah, changed, yeah. changed my life actually. I, I bet. Is yeah. that, that was kind of what I was getting at. Do you believe wholeheartedly in the, like, I don't know if you know who Gary V is, but he always talks about the jab, jab, yeah. right hook. Yeah, yeah. Is that kind of like, that's something that like, I think a lot, it's really hard for people to see the long term. I results of it. that yeah, yeah yeah but do you i guess you probably have done it so you probably do believe in it but it's like yeah, yeah. i did it before you, you, i even knew it was a thing i was sure. doing so my whole i just actually had my twitter anniversary today which is hilarious oh. it's 10 years oh wow there you and go so, yeah that crazy and so <laughs> since i signed up for it i've answered every tweet every message every dm same with instagram i'm not very good at facebook but the other two i've oh, answered them all this entire time I've wow. never not answered them. How much time so, does that take a day to do? Uh, a lot. Yeah. But, it, but once again, the value of that interaction for a decade is massive. And so I was giving away free information, hoping that you buy supplements, but I never knew if you did. Yeah. I couldn't track it. Not right. then, sure. and especially with the retail environment. And then I was highly personable because I acted like no matter how many people I had following me, if you walked in my gym and asked me a question, I would answer it. And that's how I operated this entire time. Straight from the Ohio Valley, the same way I would answer if you came to a hardcore gym I grew up in, the guy would say, yeah, man, put your hands in like this. Take your creatine that way. And so that's just the way I've done it this entire time. And I think 
I was able to create a, thousands and thousands of quality um, interactions um, every year that's now compounded into a couple of uh, really successful businesses. That's so badass. Yeah. It just seems like it's like, it's just like the investing we talked about. It's like slow chunks, just keep yes. going. It's not really that sexy. Yeah. Right, 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 right. No, but it's amazing to think about that. I mean, ten, like, I think it's hard for people to think 10 years of giving away something for free. How could I ever then in turn, but I, I'm, I'm guessing like a vast majority of people, unless you got famous, you know, you're an actor, actress, whatever, an athlete, yeah. and you have this crazy following on social. I mean, that's probably how most people have done it. They've just slowly, yeah. but surely worked. They've given away a lot of content for free. And yeah. It's just, like it's just offering value. And now through the podcast, through daily blogs, through, you know, the daily fire thing. Like I'm just constantly now trying to say like, all right, you know me because of working out, but I've got a whole way I operate that has made my mentality strong physically, mentally, and just trying to like really say like, this is how I became a successful person through building confidence in myself each day. And I'm trying, if people are willing to listen, I'm offering some of that information too. And it's been received really well also. Yeah, no, that's badass. So that's cool. I mean, you've really taken max effort and Corey G fitness. And it's cool to think that you, you know, you started a, a successful brand left and like basically redid it again. And it's, it, yes. that's, that's pretty badass. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Corey. Yeah. Really just, here's the thing. Like, I'm not saying I make these decisions like Barry Sanders, like stop on a dime and just go. But when I know there's something that's making me unhappy, mm -hmm. I'm not willing to just let it ride. I can do it for a while. Yeah. And then, you know, cause I'm not going to make rash decisions and fucking act crazy. I have before, but I try not to, Yeah. but I understand what it feels like to be doing what you love, be happy with your team. And I've had periods of my, my career and Corey G fitness has really been like that since day one. And so I would always come back to that and muscle farm had Rocky spots. John and I had Rocky spots and, you know, but at the end of the day, like, I was like, I need to get everything across the board feeling that way. Now, what I feel and what someone else feels can be completely two different things. So, but it's not really about what they feel. It's about what I feel. And so when you are an entrepreneur, it's about the, 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 what you're trying to set up. And I really, um, in this, let's call it this next part of my career, wanted to feel like what is with all the synergies where I'm the majority. Okay. And I've, I can honestly yeah. say I've never been that. I've oh, never okay. been the majority yeah. shareholder in a supplement company. Just never was set up that way. And so the, as weird as that is, and as much value as I've offered, it's never been the case. Wow, so I've yeah. owned, I've owned heavy percentages. I've obviously benefited from them, but I was never the main guy. I was always the one a or partnered with somebody or so now I get a chance. So this is, is a new chance for me to be, you know, the main, I guess, CEO, which I would never really put that on my email or whatever, but that's like, you know what I'm saying? So there's, there's some exciting growth possibilities here right now that has fired me up at an entirely different level. And what I feel happening is what I felt multiple times in my career when shit just goes. Yeah. And oh, so, yeah. you know, so it's, so it's exciting. Um, in a lot of ways. Oh, I bet. Yeah. You, you're probably at a, a pivotal moment, right? Where this is your first time being at this, this spot and there's a lot, there's unlimited, yeah. you know, opportunity for what you could do, but it's gotta be Unli exciting. Unlim oh my gosh. Super exciting. And I was, uh, to be honest with you, I was at a point where I was like, do I, am I just ready to like 
do my website, be done with supplements and just start golfing and flip my dividends in. Like I was looking at like, you know, or do I want to take a risk? You know, John's not going to go easy. Like I'm going to have to pay him yeah, money, yeah. which yeah. I did and go do it. And you know what? In a two week period, I executed it. I bought him out. We signed the paperwork and I was moving on because I made the decision that it was like time for a change. He agreed to the amount and we, and I'm rocking. So yeah. that was about a month ago and I can't be more happy, you know? And, um, John always said this on the podcast. It's a good deal when everybody gets what they want. Mm -hmm. I wanted yeah. the chance to be this person now and to do it for another 10 or 15 years, potentially. Right. And John had a number he wanted to get. We both got what we wanted. So oh, there you go. There you go. Success. Win, <laughs> yeah. win. Love it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Though. That's good that you guys yeah. were able to like figure it out and it wasn't like, you know, could have gone the other way, you know, you never know. I mean, yeah, it, it's never easy. I'm sure. I, I mean, it's funny. It's never easy. You know, I've never owned a business like that, but you know, I, I mean, I always bring up like the time at RX is I've seen like when people founders come and they, you know, things we get sold, then people leave. Sure. Like, I get it. There's, you know, there's always, it's changed. But the change, the change has been uh, amazing and, and, and invigorating. And, you know, now like, you know, just things that I now need to hustle for to produce. And I like being under the gun. I'm a pressure type cat. I've always gotcha. been that way. Yeah. So it's like, you put a little pressure on me. I'm, I'm usually the guy you want to ride with. So yeah, 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 it makes sense. It's funny that you were thinking about, you know, slowing down and then you're like, nah, you know what? Let I me was. just take a, let me take a, 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 a major ownership stake. Let's start a new PGA tour podcast. <laughs> yeah. like no, I literally went, <laughs> I literally went to total under other direction. My wife was like, Corey. I was like, I got it. I swear. Like she, she's like, I thought we was done with this. I'm like, I don't think I can be done with it. I think I know what needs to happen Yeah. and I have to go execute it. And I wavered on it for a while because of the uncomfortableness of it, which is what you have to fight through. And because I'm in a different financial position than I've ever been in in yeah. personally. So I, you know, but I just knew I wouldn't going to be happy unless I said, you know what, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm stiff arming it because I don't want to do the uncomfortable shit I got to do. Sure. And I couldn't be more happy that I did. And now the future seems super bright and, um, and really exciting every day. That's exciting, man. Good for you. I know I was talking to my wife the other day and I was saying how, you know, my podcast is not at the point yet where it's like something I can rely on yet for, yeah. you know, income necessarily, but it's become so fun that I, I feel like this and like, I'm trying to, you know, start my own things right now. And, it's just, it's so fun. Like, I don't, it's like, I love it, it. maybe it's like partially because I've always worked for someone and I've been an employee and I've, I've kind of personally realized I'm not, maybe I'm not the best employee because I just inherently want to like definitely do. not. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> that's it too. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's fun. It's just like, I was telling her the other day, I'm like, you know, the podcast is a good example of just like, I can't believe, you know, I've been doing it since March and I've had almost a hundred episodes since March and I, I've met so many people and it's unlocked oh. so many conversations and open my eyes to so many different things. I'm like, I don't know how I'd ever stop this. Like, I don't want no, to stop So it. I would say podcasting for me, the first episode I ever did with someone, which is an early Barbell Shrug episode, I knew within 10 minutes of the podcast that I found something I would really enjoy doing on a regular basis. I've always had a lot to say. I feel yeah. like my story is unique. For it sure. can impact people. And I was like, I had never even listened to a fucking podcast before I went on that. Oh, that's funny. You're just And I went on and blazed that motherfucker and had great impact that it created. And I was like, this is my lane. And as I've done it over all these years now, it's probably almost been 10 years. Um, it's probably the second favorite thing to lifting weights. Wow. I look that's forward to saying this. a lot. 
Yeah, that is saying a lot. And there, that's that's a hard to get to stand next to lifting weights is hard in my in my head, bro. That's yeah, that's but I tell you that I I understand that these are things that will live forever, that these teachings will be for my family and other people, and that I can always look back on points in my life where I was saying this or that. I think I love the documentation part of it. I love the teaching part of it. Um, and I just like hitting the button and figuring out what happens. Yeah. So, it, you know, I definitely enjoy like, you know, we were talking about the PGA, so I'm doing the, what's called the golf and fitness show. Yeah. And it's Congrats PGA, on that, by the way. Thank it's you. Super it's cool. a P- PGA tour podcast. They push it on their Instagram and on their Twitter. It's crazy when I see it. Right. Yeah. I bet. And, and I'm going collar popped Kangle, like keeping it real on myself. And they want me to be me, which is amazing too. That's cool. And, and, and that's, that's what like I pitched the them. Piece. Yeah. Well, that's why I pitched them. I was like, look, I'm not a straight golf dude, but I can talk golf. Like, I was with Bernhard Langer yesterday and I was talking to, we were talking about older, you know, he was talking about keeping in shape. He, he made the cut at 63 years old, which was amazing. And I was like, well, you know, when Tom Watson was at the British open and got second to Stuart sink, like it was so inspiring. Cause of how, and so like referencing things in golf that I just know, cause I've been a fan to other like bosses yeah. to them to understand that I, that I res- at least understand the game, but I'm actually trying to extract the fitness things in like mindset stuff, man. It's been really cool. And then Gary player, I mean, he was my first episode. That's like one of my idols in life. And so it was, it's been amazing so far in the crossover challenge. Once again, I, I was done with business and biceps and I looked at how do I come back into the public eye with a podcast that people are not going to see coming yeah. with a partnership that's completely unique with an exposure possibility for my skill set to grow myself as a personality. And I believe that I can be at the masters. I could be on the golf channel. I could do anything in the space because I, I, I love it. I enjoy it and I'm different than everyone else that's in it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the possibilities in that, in that market are massive. Of, I just don't know if they know that yet, but I already know that that's where this is going. And it's super exciting. Um, and I can't wait till the world's halfway normal so I can go just to a tournament, have a backdrop outside their gym and just rock with guys. Yeah, that would and be So sweet. there's some, bro, there's so many opportunities. Um, and I just love this. I got, you know, look, as you become successful, the haters keep lining up. They're there, right? It's okay, just, I'm sure. I don't have a ton of them, but I definitely have enough. The line's getting longer. And... <laughs> And I know that that day when that's tweeted by the tour or that day when you can swipe it up from their Instagram, that people go, this motherfucker again, yeah. this motherfucker ain't going nowhere. And that's what I like for people to know that, yeah, you never even thought that was possible, motherfucker, but I got it. I got it done just like I did Arnold, just like I did Tiger, just like the, I'm that motherfucker. And, and knowing that I put that pressure on myself I have that. I, I I think of these wild things in my head that are possible, and then I just push to see if they are possible. And in a lot of these things that you know most people would think like, huh? Like people are tripped out by it. It's funny. Like people are like, I never saw that coming, dude. Like exactly. Really? That's that's funny to me. I I you know I get I it because it's it's you know the PGA Tour, which is like that's that's monumental. I guess I've always seen you, maybe because I follow you on stuff. I've always seen you like golf, and I, when I saw when you posted, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like that was the opposite. Yes, I was because, like, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, I get it. That's and, fucking sweet. And most people get it, but my, even my wife's like, yeah, she's like, well, everyone loves golf. That doesn't mean you're going to go work with the PGA Tour because you work out. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's the skill set and the reps on this microphone that allowed me to be confident enough to say, 
I have done this and had 10 million downloads on my podcast in, in my That's career, crazy. which is crazy. Congratulations. Holy thank cow. You. 10 million. Nice. 10 million in that I know that you guys are weak in this spot and I know I'm different. And if you just will let me be me, I can ball this thing out and just support it. And you have to believe, and I have the team. I understand. So they told me this, which was amazing. They said, yes, we're not. They know they're not very good at it. They know that they need to get stronger on those platforms. He said, purely because the enthusiasm that I thought it would work, they gave me a shot. Damn. Pure, purely. And That's Andrew a, that Car- says a lot. Andrew Carnegie said, well, and the numbers obviously help too. And I have a sure. social following, which doesn't hurt. But the reality is for them to take a chance on something very different for them, they were like, you believe in this so much. How can we not believe in it? Sure. And, oh, yeah. and, and so it was, once again, Andrew Carnegie said, nothing can happen without enthusiasm. And I showcased what I thought was possible. I, I followed up. I was annoying, but at a quality level. And I said, man, just put me in. And it, and it hasn't like exploded, but it's done well. And because their customer really isn't used or their fans aren't used to consuming this way yet. I was gonna say, they are, but do. very small amount. A lot of older demo. The younger people are obviously, but I want to be part of that next wave of them really being invested in this part of their business. And um, I think it's an exciting opportunity just not to bring fitness out, but I have an opportunity, I think, to be one of the main podcasters in that space. Yeah, oh, for sure, man, for yeah, sure. So it's well, and I think I think it's like one of those things where um, this is probably an example of where partnering with the PGA Tour is going to benefit you a ton because it's like you know I, you could go out and try to start your own Corey G Golf Fitness Podcast and then try to get them on the same pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this, I mean, when I saw that with the PGA Tour, I was like, oh shit! I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Oh, love it. This is yeah, this is bad. And so you think that because you like me, right? And the yeah. other people think, fuck this motherfucker again. So as long so as I get both my, of those, my golf, my golf ear, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so and then I like I love that curveball of like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. And oh, then, yeah. and that's, and that right there is how all, you know, unique business things happen. The foresight, the relationships, the pitch day. I fucking love that stuff. And okay. um, yeah, to me, it's like, that's where I like show up. And I teach my kids that there's gamer type game time mentalities. You got to want the ball. And when people know you want the ball and love they feel that. good about giving you the ball, that's a different ball. That's a different ball game in life. And that's, that's through building confidence all these years. Right. Oh, I love that. No, I love that. You got to want the ball. That's so, that's so solid. That's such good advice. I want the ball. Shane. Yeah. No, that's, that's fucking awesome. That's cool. <laughs> that's, that's no other way to put it. Do you think, um, do you think just in general with max effort, um, I think people being at home, I don't know if, I don't know if people being at home more with COVID's helped or hurt podcasts this year. I haven't really heard a ton on that, but do you think some of that's helped so, like max effort and just, you know, just e-com this yeah, year so and this transition? It's been interesting because the site grew quite a bit because okay. people needed more home workouts. So that's why right. during the quarantine, we were working double time. I was putting out bands yeah, and body weight, get stacked with dumbbells body weight only like there's all these solutions after i had you on i started i actually i was i was on your app but then i like i actually had some other buddies i got into it after i had you on that i'm close mm-hmm. with and um okay i was laughing because we had a group chat and one of my the guy that was best man at my wedding his name's andrew um he's the one i used to, i got into it with you know got into it in college with your workouts and uh sure he was like this motherfucker has a new plan every goddamn day he's like he's like yes how, how i literally he, went double time we i he was making me laugh so hard because he was just like i don't understand how he keeps putting shit out it's like it's just every day I well feel like he's got a new and, plan. 
in hits, bro, I look at myself like a fucking, like a rapper, which is funny. I'm like, yeah. I got to keep on putting out hits and albums and, and, and blowing people's minds. I, I yeah. literally thought like this, you're going to laugh. I was like, I think it was when little Wayne was like on like seven of the top 10 hits. I don't okay. know, like 2010 oh, or whenever that, that was, yeah, yeah. he was on literally like everybody's track. Sure. I was like, motherfucker, I got to be like that right now. I've got to be on every podcast, fucking have workouts constantly have the solution for the fucking problem. And when I was able to do that, the business grew 25% wow. in during quarantine because I was a solution based person. And then I get a chance to retain those people through my normal skill set. And so I think there's just timing when you got to fucking, I literally was working twice the amount during the quarantine um, than I do. Isn't that crazy? Probably. Because I think that's something that I've, I've, you know, connected with a lot of people during quarantine and it's like, this podcast happened because of quarantine too. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to sit around and like not get shit done. I want to like start something sure. with this extra time. I'm not commuting to the city anymore. I have like, I have like two hours minimum a day. Time. I'm not in an office. And mm -hmm. um, it's funny how people like you, like me have done that. And you know, a lot of people have unfortunately like kind of just like, you know, done a lot of the other things that aren't productive um, during this time. But it, that's cool. It's cool to hear that. Like, you know, you took the opportunity. I to saw just, it like, as triple an down opportunity. Yeah, triple down, showcase the same shit. Look, I'm bored too. Me and my wife are drinking by ourselves on Friday night, yeah. trying to have our own parties. We're, we're, I mean, we were going through the same. And even my daily fires during that period were very based around I'm soul searching for stuff. So I just yeah. really doubled down on my work and try to offer even more value for the same cost. It definitely benefited both businesses. And yeah, you know, honestly, dude, coming from a blue collar background, I'm just happy I got a fucking job. Yeah. I yeah. remember when my dad didn't have a job when the coal mine was on strike. I remember when my area was super, you know, suppressed and just fucking there's no work. And I see these job numbers because I obviously pay attention to the stock market come out. And I, I remember being one of those kids that was their dad was in that number. Yeah. And a number yeah. might have been different, but the industry was had its ups and downs when I was a kid. And, you know, I, we couldn't pay our rent at times. And so there, there's one of those things where I still identify as that kid. And, you know, this process has healed him over time, but I'm still that guy. Yeah, and so right. to me, there's a gratitude for that I still can provide for my family during this time, to be honest. Gotcha. No, that's a good perspective, man. Yeah. I mean, you look at those numbers, there's a lot of people. A lot of people don't have the, you It's know, a lot of people, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of people, especially in, you know, Midwest and our area too. I think that's, there's a lot of that going on, unfortunately. Absolutely. And so I'm, I have a you know, there's always that spot of, I was one of, you know, my family is one of those numbers uh, multiple yeah. times. Right. Right. No, that makes sense, man. Well, I'm happy for it. It's, you know, it's funny. It's the one thing that's, it's always consistent with you is it just seems like you're always fucking moving and you're thinking of new <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those people. It's funny. I think we talked about it a little bit last time. I wear what I wear one of those whoops. Yeah. And you know, I love it because it keeps me on track, but sometimes I'm always like, I, I, I'm not going to lie. There's days where I've like, I get up and I like start doing my stuff. I have my own routine in the morning and I look down and I, I see, I'm like, God damn it. I'm like, Corey's been up for five hours. I see like on your Instagram story <laughs> or something will pop up. And I'm like, this dude's been up for like, what has he gotten done in five hours that I'm just getting so started much. on? Just, I've got so much done, Shane. I know. That's so <laughs> just what, like one of my final questions, because it's something that I think is interesting. And I actually saw you posted something about it the other day. That's why I wanted to ask was, yeah, you were saying how like, it seems like for you, your mornings and your like, you know, your weekdays, you just like hustle. 
And yes. then like on the weekends is when you kind of like catch up per se. Yeah. I don't know if that's a scientific term, but yeah, yeah that's I, have what no I'm idea trying. Either. I don't know no. if it's real, but in my head it is. <laughs> Do you think like, is that kind of not to say there's like one thing by any means it's a key. I think the key is just you, you grind, you hustle, you don't stop, you keep going. Mm. Do you, do you think though that like the early mornings, yeah. has that kind of been a game changer for you over your career? Cause I think a lot of people listen Lights to like, out. Well, how does he do all this stuff? Lights out, bro. It's, it's, here's what a lot of people probably don't realize about me. You know, I wasn't born very confident. I had to build this person and it takes a lot of fucking work okay. and it takes two hours in the gym or within conditioning and the gym, it takes two hours of studying. And so what you're asking, what I have done is from 305 to 335, I'm listening to audio stuff, driving to the gym from, you know, 4 a.m. to 530 or 545, I'm working out. Then I have another 35 minutes listening to audio and then I'm lunging for, you know, 20, 30 minutes. So dude, it's 6 a.m., 630 when I'm pulling up to my crib and I've got two hours of studying and two hours of working out done and all my, you know, my things are flowing on what I need to do and my creative processes. And, and most people are just hitting fucking snooze. Yeah. So I'm not saying that because I'm better than anybody. What I'm telling people is that that's the only way it works for me because then I have to be dad. Then I have multiple businesses. And if I want to be a competitive level, uninterrupted fitness personality or the fuck I am, like I need to train like a fucking like, for real animal, which is what I do every morning with the 4am crew and my guys yeah. that support me and I support them. And it's like, there's um, a different level of focus. It was taken away from me for a short period of time at the, at the um, quarantine. I was still working out, slept until like five or six, the first week. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and I know that this process doesn't work for me. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I started getting up on my own and I had a fucking spotlight because my gym's outdoors by my pool. I had a spotlight outside. I plugged in like a shop light to lift in the dark That's outside awful. at fucking four in the morning. And when I posted pictures of it, pictures of it, it looked so fucking gangster. I fucking loved it. And so, I mean, the deer were running around and it just looked <laughs> crazy, right? Yeah. And so I just understand that I've been dedicated to this process for so many years. Good business, bad business, feeling good, feeling bad that I know that's what sharpens me to be able to deal with it all. And then if I don't Got put it. myself through that washing machine every morning, then the best version of Corey is not coming out. I'm giving okay. you a half-assed version or not as focused version. And I'm not saying that I have depressive days that are somewhat down. I have things that are somewhat up, but for the most part, I kind of ride in the middle, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit higher top of the middle, but all of that is necessary for me to be me. Um, and, and if I was single, I'd probably do it on the weekends too. But I understand that I have to drive some sort of balance. And I am definitely not in balance, but I'm yeah. like, at least I attempt it. That the weekends are for me to catch up and, and dictate mostly family time and be at every, and I'm at everyone's games and everyone's stuff and throwing the football and do all those things. But I really try to do a good job of having that break. Um, and I think that's the only way I can really do it. I used to go to the gym on Saturdays too. And yeah, it, it just, it's just too much. So I'm, I'm trying to have um, a crazy maniac level with some sort of normalcy um, uh, as a parent. Yeah, no, I love that. It's cool to have the, it's cool to hear you have a balance. I think it's what everyone's searching for, right? Is like attempt how do you, at it. I don't know if five and sure. two is a balance, but <laughs> That's you know, true. That's it's, true. A, it's an attempt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I do, I do think, um, I mean, it's interesting because 
if you if you weren't in the fitness industry, but you were just in like I guess maybe someone like me, like I I I mean I if I don't work out during if I don't work out any given day, especially my lunges. My wife now is I've turned into like this lunge freak from you, which is funny because I'm just like I, okay, no matter what, I have to do this today. Clarity of mind after that's crazy, isn't it? Hundred yeah. percent. And so it's funny where like. I I'm not in the fitness industry, but I, but I'd be curious for you if like you would still be getting up at three if you, if it like, wasn't, you know, part of your career to like, so that, you know. that's you know a great question Isn't because like, so there's only, let's say a handful of guys in the crew that are the rest of them aren't. And there's ah, like 20 okay. and there's like 20 of us. So there's 20 guys in that 4am crew. Correct. Oh, yeah. Damn, like that. now most of the time it's from 12. It depends. Some guys are missing and whatever, sure. but, but the reality is there's about 20 dudes that at- attempt to come, you know, pretty often. Okay. And so, but we have like the gamer gamers that never miss. And we have guys that are a couple days a week. And, but the group of guys that are savages for sure is like about 20 guys. And so there's only a handful of us that are in fitness. The rest of them just you know, love the fucking gangsterness of being there. They drive for some guys drive 45 minutes, Damn. some longer. It's, it's a serious group of motherfuckers. I, yeah. And so, sure. yeah, you, most people can tell. Right. Yeah. And so it's interesting because I always knew I would probably compete and lift weights no matter what I did. Cause you got to figure early on, I didn't even know if I could do it for a living. I thought it was going to be like a, like a factory worker probably or a coal oh, miner okay. and I would lift weights yeah. or a teacher. I thought, I, th- I really thought that's what I was going to be because personal trainers seem like, what's that? Like no one did that where I grew up. Okay. So, so it's one of those things where I always knew um, I would do that, but I can't tell you, I, I wouldn't want to say yes, absolutely. But I don't know if my situation was completely different. Um, if I was like just a business guy, let's say, but yeah. it wasn't fitness and I didn't have to be there at that time. I would like to think that I would, but I can't tell you. I'm just so wound in it for so long. I don't know anything different. So, sure. but that is an interesting perspective to think about because then it doesn't like my, my actual physique reflects my business. Right. It, it's the numbers say it every time when I'm super dialed in and lean, it doesn't matter how much I squat or whatever. When I'm in powerlifting phases, I make less money when I'm fucking ripped to the bone and I'm in there getting crazy pumps and wilding out all my businesses are popping. I know exactly what needs to happen um, from a physique standpoint. I go in waves of things I do or get onto, but I understand exactly how it affects everything. So it's a, it's a, it's a must at this point in my career to keep a super high level as an, as a practical, from a practical application standpoint. Yeah, no, that's wild. Cause that, that's kind of what I was wondering. It seems, it seems so interesting. Yeah. Cause it seems you're, it all is again, it's all inter intermingled and it all works together in a, in a crazy way. For do you sure. think, do you think that, um, like, I think the one question I always think about is like, you just, you get so much less sleep than the average human being. Do you ever sure. feel, I mean, are you just exhausted by the end of the night? Like, well, when I, when I wore the whoop band for about three months, my sleep quality is 97%. So, so you're not sleeping long, but you're sleeping. My quality is probably better than most people that sleep eight hours. What, what's your so, secret of that? Uh, it's, it's all, I think it's all nutrition related. Uh-huh. And okay. think about this. I am exhausted when I get to the end of the day because I put out a ton of energy. So when you're fucking focused and you're passionate and you're fucking all in, you are tired at night and you train, right? Yeah. So it's like, then, you know, I manipulate my insulin properly with my diet stuff. It knocks me out and I get quality sleep, bro. And I don't wake like my latency is like literally like two minutes. 
That's crazy. Yeah, I do notice. Yeah. I mean, I try to follow AF pretty tightly, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of in the 101 slash 102. I, I yeah. eat too. I've realized I, I didn't realize this. I think I eat too many sweet potatoes. I think okay. I think they have like one a potatoes. day at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love sweet. <laughs> so potatoes. maybe I need to dial those back. They're so good. My, so we good. just got an air fryer. I don't know if you ever done that. With sweet I heard potatoes. it's amazing. I need to though. I was like, this is dangerous. It's so good. But anyway, yeah, when cool. I when I do the banana peanut butter, I mean, I, I'm pretty religious with it. Yeah. Just, oh man. It's and great. so the quality, I think. You know, there's a lot of biohacking type shit people talk about. I think I found some hacks to my life that let my quality be there for the period of time I'm actually sleeping. Yeah. Because I wake up and there's definitely days where I'm like, got to talk shit to myself because I'm a little tired and I need to sure. get going. But for the most part, like my actual, like, do I feel recovered? I, most days I do, or I'm really close to it. Yeah. And I wouldn't say like, I feel better that I went through the process than I ever would if I slept an extra hour because I was a little tired. So to me, the, you know, being a little tired at two or three o'clock by the end of the week, you know, on Friday, I usually try to shut it down a little early, try to go get some beers with my wife or do whatever. But it's like, um, but yeah, man, it just, it's just part of the balance. But I feel like my, it hasn't really affected me as of now. No. Okay. Got it. No, it's good to know. It's interesting to think about. You're, you're one of those people I know that just like, you're awake so many hours a day. I've always been curious how that goes. My, my why, last question. Why it's about, hard to take. That's why it's hard to take my spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to think about it, man. Right. If you're up and going, somebody who, wants somebody wants a chain. I know. That's a good point, man. That's a really good point. My only other thought I, I, I was curious with is, you know, I've actually been trying to really dial in, um, you know, between all my stuff during COVID, like the perfect, not perfect, but just like the different training methodologies and, and mm-hmm. really testing a lot of stuff. Sure. Um, Curious for you because you've been in the game for so long. Um, mm-hmm. Have you found that you know because you do a lot of powerlifting, bodybuilding with the lunging? Yep. Have you found that 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 for you obviously I'm I'm guessing is more advantageous than let's say like higher intensity stuff like the CrossFit type workout or I'm, sure. I'm just curious like how you you've tried. I always tell you, you're always tinkering, you're always trying Tried everything. How did you land on the type of training that you you focus on? Well, yeah, I landed on it because my goals were different than most. I wanted to be fucking shredded and strong. And it was hard to execute those at the same time because when I was super shredded, then like because the conditioning that I was doing, which was more running and those type of things, I would get weak. And then when I was super strong, I wasn't that marketable because I was kind of fat, to be honest with you. And so I was like, how the fuck do I figure this out? And then when the lunging was dialed in, my conditioning became a level of GPP that made me strong, but made my metabolism crazy fast. And then when I wound that all together, I had some of my best powerlifting lifts. And then also some of my, you know, I was the heaviest and leanest of my career in my early forties. Yeah. And so right before I hurt my shoulder about a year ago, I was like, floating between like 189 and 192 with like veins on like my sides and through my chest and all kinds of crazy shit. And I look at myself some days like, fuck bro. Like I know it's taken a long time, but you know, I always thought I could be 200 and lean. I graduated high school, like 160. Oh wow! So like, you know, if in my career I put on 40 pounds of tissue and I was leaner obviously than I was when I was in high school, it's like, that would be, I think from a no drugs, that would be a really impressive feat, you know? Gotcha. And you just think lift the powerlifting, bodybuilding, lunging is just like the perfect combo. It's the perfect combo, um, I I believe for most, and and yeah. that's why we've had so many people take to it. Right. No, it's awesome, yeah. man. Sweet. 
Well, I, I appreciate all the time, Corey. I mean, we've been on here for a while, so I want to be conscious of, I know you got busy stuff going on. Um, the last couple of questions I like to just ask every, everyone sure. I have on here, especially the founders is just two, two last ones. One being this is perfect for you. You have so many things you're doing and working on and, and just always, you know, building out. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips, tricks? What do you use to like plan your goals and then even like get done with daily tasks? Is it like pen and paper? Is it a notes app? Is it, yeah. you know, what do you use to kind of keep track of everything? So I just recently got back to really old school journaling, man. I've just found a lot of value in, um, which actually I left it at the office. So I was pissed when I woke up this morning, I had to put it on my notes section. I enjoy writing um, five or six out just so I have to actually pen see them physically think them. Um, and then I put a few to do's, um, on that list too. And then, and then going back to like, write my food down in my journal, um, my weight, um, things I did that day. I really enjoy going back to some of my early journals and seeing like how I felt, what was going on in my life. And even if it's a couple sentences. Um, so that's one of the things that I've just reconfirmed and made myself do again, especially with these changes. I feel like I needed to kind of come back to home base a little bit. So that's really been a huge one for me. Um, I think the other thing is, is like, <clears throat> I have my, my, my setup's a little bit different because I have athlete goals combined with business goals because they sure. work so synergistically. And so I would say I've had a quote unquote goal on a calendar every quarter since about 1999. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. It's yeah. been that long. I've went from bodybuilding show to powerlifting meet to cover shoot to bodybuilding show to powerlifting meet to cover shoot to multiple bodybuilding shows multiple like there's been this cycle in my career of i have to show up at a certain level of strength size condition in my underwear fucking in whatever in that i have to deliver right for so fucking long that that is driven content that is driven discipline that is driven accountability at I think an entirely different level than most people understand and so when I don't have that on the calendar I feel weird ah, I feel okay. a little lost yeah I feel a little bit um disconnected and just like um just off because sure. I don't know anything else to be honest my entire professional career I've had pressure on myself that I'm getting ready for something which then works a lot. It aligns with all the stuff that I'm producing and selling or just a part of. Right. Got it. So it's like, yeah, without having something you're building towards, it's like, what are you waking up for every day? I'm always doing, I'm always doing that personally at the same exact time. Got it. Love it. Okay. That's fantastic. Um, that's great. I, I, I resonate with that a lot. I'm sure a lot of people listening will too. Um, yeah. I think I asked you this last time. The other one I love to ask is just anything, maybe something's changed this year. Mm-hmm. Any books, uh, pieces of knowledge that you would recommend to people listening? Yeah. So, um, recently I th- I don't know if I had mentioned this last time I I've been listening to, um, Robin Sharma a decent mm-hmm. amount. No, he, he uh, so he, um, wrote a book called the monk who sold his Ferrari. And that book really is about a lot about gratitude and stuff like that. But also I've watched some podcasts with him. I just, I like the way he thinks. He talks about getting in the flow state, talks about creative stuff. Um, So he's a very like mild mannered, soft-spoken person. Um, So his delivery is real solid. The other thing um, I've been, I've been, there's guys that I know that were big podcasters that I never engaged with or listened to. I'm not going to use any names, but they're top guys. But I think it's because I was either in, uh, I guess you could say like 
when we were at Business and Biceps and we were in the top, I was like going against them. Sure. Essentially from a competitive standpoint, or they had been in my industry before, some of them. And so I think that they were peers of competition. So I never, I never like actually experienced their content. And so, and so what I'm doing now is going back through some of those people that are super talented, ultra successful in similar veins of business. And I don't know that I was a spectator of their work prior, but I am now. And eventually, and I've, I've reached out to some of them and said like, yo, this shit's fucking like good, bro. Like, yeah. And so that's been interesting for me. And that, that is really probably because when I'm so in it, I'm fucking in it and I'm, and I'm competitive and now I'm kind of, and I'm still that way, but now I'm coming back as like a spectator going like, man, there's some sauce in some of this and I can apply it and respect and seeing what they built. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, that's just cool. Di- yeah. So well, it's cool. I never thought about that. Like, I mean, if you're, if you're like at the top and there's other people that are close with you, I mean, that means they're putting out good content. And if you never, you know what I mean? You could just totally be competing and never listen to each other. No. And, and, and you know, it. some people would think like, oh, well, you know, I just, I was never a person that really consumed my competition stuff. Cause I want to have my own thoughts. Right. So like even an MP, I looked at Gatorade. I never looked at BPI or I never yeah. looked at fucking muscle tech. I thought, well, fuck those guys. I'm doing my own thing and they can fucking watch me. Yeah. yeah and so right. as, as crazy as that sounds, like that's how I thought. So I think that even though none of those people probably even the other people I'm talking about probably even know who I am, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But the reality is now I'm going back and consuming a bunch of content from people that have been around for a while that I had just never experienced. Right. Right. Yeah. It totally makes sense. That's badass. <laughs> Well, Corey, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I want to be conscious of time. Yep. Um, can you just let everyone know how, where they can find you, Max Effort, your own app, yep. all that fun stuff? Yeah, so at Corey G Fitness um, on all social media platforms, CoreyGFitness.com backslash plans will get you on the app. Um, and then for all your supplement needs, go to MaxEffortMuscle.com. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. This is awesome. I, I can honestly say the uh, the quality of this one I felt much was much better than my, my first edition of interviewing you. So thank You're you so much up, for coming kid. on. You're man. growing up, kid. You're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate all the support, man. You got it, man. So, Have a great day. You. Yeah, you too, buddy. Have a good Peace. one. See ya.